Dominic, Dominic, you've asked me many a uh, strong political question before. Well, Dominic, as you might guess, I've been asked that a few times before. To those in the press who did their job and did it with professionalism, and even to some of you who are actually kind, where's Dominic? I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It is not the type of news headline you expect to hear from a brand new district attorney. Headline number one, Manhattan DA to stop seeking prison sentences and slew of criminal cases referring to brand new Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg headline number two new Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg won't pursue fair beating resisting arrest other nonviolent non-felony charges this will make the jobs of New York City police officers, much more difficult. And a city that already has a bad crime problem. In a few minutes, your telephone calls. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. But first, we are joined this morning by the president of the New York City Detectives and Endowment Association, Mr. Paul uh, Giacomo. Good morning, Mr. Giacomo. Good morning, Dominic. So I- explain this to me, because it- it's sheer madness, all in the name of, yet again, progressive politics, but this time from our district attorney, the new district attorney, Alvin Bragg. Yes, it's quite disturbing, uh, the memo that went out today, you know, after reading through it, there is not one mention of the victims uh, that are victimized in the city by violent crimes. And uh, it's quite disturbing that it's going to have a major effect uh, to the safety of New York City detectives and police officers uh, moving forward. Uh, when you are encouraging to resist arrest and encouraging uh, to obstruct uh, the arrest of someone uh, with no consequences. Now, we have railed for months, I have railed for months against soft-on-crime judges, but now the district attorney doesn't want to lock up the bad guys. What world am I living in? Well, I don't know, Dominic. You know, again, it's quite disturbing. You know, when when the bail reform laws were enacted, uh, they got no input from the police. And, uh, you know, history has shown us in the last year and a half that those reforms are not working. And that's similar to what's going to happen happen here. Uh, this is going to uh, not work, and it's going to put the, uh, the public at danger and the members of the NYPD in more danger. So one of the headlines this morning says, Mr. Bragg, I want to make sure that it, see if you have the same um, uh, reaction or, or, or the same take on this, says that Mr. Bragg won't pursue misdemeanors without accompanying 
felony charges. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's uh, from reading the memo. It it, it seems quite accurate, and he's not looking to prosecute um, a lot of crimes. And, you know, it's quite disturbing. One of the situations we're talking about here um, is if you use a toy gun uh, in the commission of a crime or robbery, you won't be charged with the higher level crime. You know, and we've lost we lost a detective, uh, Detective Brian Simonson, responding to a robbery in a T-Mobile store in which the perpetrator had a fake firearm and that detective lost his life. Right, right. We all remember the city was in mourning as it related to that case. Now, but but this identical platform, identical, has not worked in San Francisco, Chicago, Philadelphia, Baltimore, might I add, uh, uh, Boston. So why would someone, you're not the district attorney, Mr. Giacomo, but why would someone do this when we need now more than ever law and order? Well, it boggles my mind. You know, uh, they don't want to prosecute these low-level crimes, you know, and who's going to suffer? Let's just take, for instance, the fair beating. Um, who's going to suffer? Uh, the MTA is not going to get the revenue they're supposed to get. And who's going to wind up paying the bill? The law-abiding citizens that pay their fare every day, and they're going to probably have to pay more. Uh, on the backs of the people that are, uh, you know, jumping the turnstile every day. And with these low-level crimes, uh, they stop a lot of uh, higher-level crimes. Uh, as history, as history has shown in the past, in the 90s, uh, when we stopped and, you know, when we were enforcing low-level crimes, it stopped a lot of other crimes, robberies, larcenies, sexual-related crimes in the city of New York. It worked. It is proven to work. And uh, why they're going in the direction they're going now is uh, boggles my mind. We are talking to Paul DiGiacomo, the president of the New York City Detectives Endowment Association Union. And so, Mr. DiGiacomo, uh, and you've already alluded to this, but I just want to be on the record again. There is no doubt that this is going to lead to, to more young lives lost to gang violence and innocent people being hurt uh, physically and emotionally. Is that assessment correct? 100%. And, you know, if you're not going to prosecute people carrying illegal firearms and you're you're not going to have some sort of penalty or consequence for doing that, uh, it's just going to embolden the criminal element and they're going to carry more guns and victimize more people of this city. And one thing that that I'm a little confused about, uh, because we at WABC, we did the uh, debate with the Democrats running for Manhattan DA. It was a number of them on stage, I believe eight or nine. And Mr. Bragg, uh, you know, he, he stated his, his his point of view. But the, another reason why, Mr. DiGiacomo, that this seems outrageous is because if you're the district attorney, the last time I checked, you're elected to enforce the law. You are elected to enforce the law. If you want to change the laws, he should have run for a state office, correct? Or yes, no? or, yes, absolutely. Or uh, change these laws in Albany, uh, you know, pre- produce the laws that you want changed and have them changed in Albany. Uh, and he's just uh, made himself, you know, the, uh, the judge, jury, and the police. And uh, it's unfair to the people uh, of Manhattan and the borough of Manhattan. So I will close this way. Paul DiGiacomo, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, is talking that he wants to crack down on crime. 
But how can he crack down when you've got the judges whose hands are tied? And now, at least for Manhattan, the district attorney says, basically, if it's not a serious, serious crime, which he deems serious enough, that he's not going to prosecute. Well, it's going to be very difficult. Uh, you know, I, I hope that the uh, the mayor-elect uh, will make some inroads in Albany to try and uh, get this bail reform fixed uh, and save a lot a lot of lives in New York City. Um, but you need cooperation from your elected officials, and the police and the elected officials have to work together uh, for the best interests of the people of the city. And um, that's not happening right now. Everyone's going in their own direction. And it's at the cost of people dying. And it's not fair and it's not it's not right. I, I close on this note. So I just want to make sure that, I, that I'm reading this stuff correctly. Because may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But, uh, Mr., the district attorney, uh, the new district attorney, Mr. Bragg, has ordered his prosecutors to stop seeking prison sentences for a number of uh, crimes and to downgrade felony charges and cases, including armed robberies and drug dealing. Is that also correct? Yes. You know, uh, the people that are uh, the steerers on these drug sets um, are part of the drug operation, and he does not want to prosecute uh, those cases as well. And you have to remember, uh, where there are drugs, there are guns. And, uh, you know, again, the only people that are going to suffer are the people that come and come to Manhattan every day and reside in Manhattan. And, uh, you know, it's, it's unfair. Uh, I don't understand the direction he's going in and why he's going in that direction. Um, but he has an obligation to keep the people of this borough safe. And uh, only time will tell. Paul DiGiacomo, the president of the New York City Detectives Endowment Association, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you, Dominic. Always a pleasure to chat with you. We are talking about the new Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, his new progressive policy of not seeking prison sentences in a number of cases. We are going to be taking your telephone calls, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back. So Alvin Bragg has been the Manhattan DA for what now? Four days. And, you know, he promised uh, these changes. He was a man of his word uh, at the debate that we did here at WABC with all the candidates, as I just referred to with Mr. DiGiacomo. Uh, Mr. Bragg promised uh, everything that he's doing now during the actual debate. I was hopeful that perhaps after being elected that he would pull back on the rhetoric. Does not appear to be the case. And we should also point out that his campaign, Alvin Bragg, uh, George Soros uh, funneled uh, $1 million into his campaign to become 
Manhattan district attorney. And this move by Alvin Bragg, and we'll talk about this during the hour as we're about to go to your telephone calls. Boy, is he putting the new mayor of New York, Eric Adams, between a rock and a hard place. And here's why. It's on the issue of racial politics. You have two African-American officials elected to public office. Eric Adams, only the second black mayor of New York City. And Alvin Bragg, the first African-American district attorney of Manhattan. So you have Eric Adams in the lane of a moderate, also playing to progressives, but declaring law and order, law and order, which is the right thing to do. And now you have a district attorney that's not in the lane of law and order, even though he says he is. He is in the the lane of full progressive, let him out, let's experiment. And so Eric Adams can talk a good game, but at least in the borough of Manhattan, there is nothing he can do to make Alvin Bragg uh, clamp down on what he is going to uh, prosecute. And so you're going to have Eric Adams, who's trying to play to all of New York, but he has to, every politician has to play to their base at all times, right? And so Eric Adams is pushing law and order, but the other African-American elected, the district attorney, says progressive, so that's not going to sit too well in terms of Adams' base. If you want to look at it from the perspective of the entire city, yes. But boy, oh boy, is Eric Adams between a rock and a hard place. Let's go to the telephone calls. Let's start with Johnny in Queens. Good morning, Johnny. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Uh, good evening. Um, yes, um, you know, this is weeks from Reconstruction, you know, when... When they freed the slaves and the blacks were allowed to uh, vote and all and put black people in office, and, you know, this is going to cause a big backlash between the police officers and the white police officers against the black community. Only the black community will suffer because you have a black man in charge here, and you have a white district attorney. And, no, no, you, you, um, you, have, you have, have a black district attorney. Yes, yes, a black district attorney, and you see all these people, um, us young black African Americans, most of part, um, creating havoc, and you know it's going to be a backlash. And then, see, people don't know history. You know what I mean? It's reconstruct. This is the second reconstruction, and then when they take the black, when they take the power back from the black people, and then they're going to wonder why. What do you well, say about that? Well, what, 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 I thank you for the call, Johnny. What, what I want to say is you said there's going to be a backlash amongst white cops. That's the only thing that I disagree with. It's not going to just be white cops. It's going to be all cops. All cops. How do you do a job where the district attorney says, no, I'm not prosecuting, and you think we're the only ones that know that? 
Trust me, folks, the criminals are getting a master's degree, a Ph.D. tonight and studying criminal law in New York. They are learning all the loopholes so they know how far they can push it, how far they can take it, how far they can disrespect a police officer and get away with it all. These criminals are studying tonight for their their master's degree and their Ph.D. in criminology. That is the bottom line. That is the bottom line. And so I I don't understand where Mr. Bragg, he says that, that he's been, he's had a gun pointed to his head uh, six times, three times by criminals. He says three times by NYPD officers. He says that he's had someone in his household when the warrant squad uh, came uh, uh, banging at the door looking for the individual. I, I, he is, I'm telling you folks, he is boxing Eric Adams in so badly. And and that's why Eric Adams is just saying, oh, you know, he's a nice guy. We'll talk. Eric Adams, who was off to a great running start as the mayor, doing all the right things, riding a bike to work. By the way, I didn't see the police detail with him protecting him, by the way. So that, you know, I've got to double check what I can't imagine a scenario. I've been covering mayors since 1984, and I've never seen not a one that didn't have a full NYPD police detail. And again, remember, folks, these are not uniformed officers. These are, are, are highly trained NYPD officers, part of the intelligence division that dress for the most part the same way that the mayor dresses to fit in. You only know uh, when, when somebody acts up and tries to approach the mayor. And that's when you will see these men and women, because they, they have quite a few good women in terms of what they do for a living, uh, assigned to protect the mayor of, uh, of New York City. And so, you know, Eric Adams was, was off to a great start, saying all the right things about cracking down on the criminals. And now, right over his shoulder, you've got a Manhattan district attorney who is also a black man, that says, let them out, we're going to redefine New York, we're going to take Boston, Philly, Chicago, San Francisco, put them all up into one, and that's what we're going to do here in New York. That's what we're looking at, folks. Let's go to John. John is in Brooklyn. Good morning, John. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Good morning. No, I uh, agree with you 100%, but... This doesn't make any common sense because without true law and order, none of us are safe. Agree. And I believe you, I believe you would agree with me. Everybody Definitely. would agree Definitely. with that. But, 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 what, but you have to understand, Mr. Bragg does not see it that way. Yes. But and, and his base, remember, remember now, he, he came, I'm going to wait, I'm going, I'm going to let you answer. Remember now, because this is important. He was in a crowded primary, and he had to do something to get past the two law and order candidates. And so by him going left, 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 off the cliff, it got him elected. So go ahead, John. Okay. The thing is this. We have an attorney general of the United States, Merrick Garland, I think his name. Merrick Garland, he yes. Can step, he can step in. And say, look, this is not 
true law and order. You can't do that. The, I, I, I don't see, uh, I don't see the, the Democrat in Washington. Create a law, and the law is for everybody. That, that's and not, you're not going to prosecute. That's not going to happen. That, that's not going to happen. The top Democrat at the Justice Department is not going to even attempt to supersede uh, the district attorney of Manhattan. And keep in mind the racial politics, the first black, the first black district attorney of Manhattan. That's not going to happen. So whichever way that that uh, Mr. Bragg wants this office to go, thank you for the call, John. That is exactly what is going to happen. Let's go to Phil in the Bronx. Good morning, Phil. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Happy New Year, Dominic. Same to you and your family. Well, thank you. Uh, about this new DA, well, you know what they say in, uh, out west, the people get what they want and what they deserve. Uh, I don't I don't believe that he will prosper in his new position, this new D.A. Bragg. Uh, what's interesting, though, even if there's a criminal appearance in, in criminal court, there's an appearance rather in criminal court, even if the D.A. doesn't necessarily move to prosecute, the judge has discretion. But wait, wait, but wait, Phil, why? Sometimes a judge has discretion, but I think you made the same point yesterday as it related to Cuomo. And I told you that the charges would be dropped. And that's exactly what has happened. So, yes, well, that a, was a deal. Judge, excuse me. That was a deal. That was. But you keep saying, but you keep saying that the judge is going to over supersede the district attorney. No, the judge is not. It, that's not going to happen. If the bottom line is this, if the people do not want to move forward, thank you for the call. The case is dead on arrival. Period. Period. That's the way our criminal justice system works. I tried to explain this to you last night, and you kept telling me, no, 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 the judge can keep the case on Cuomo. Well, you see what has happened now. Let's go to uh, Charles in Brooklyn. Good morning, Charles, and welcome to the Dominic Carter Show. Hello, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I just wanted to put some uh, perspective on this. You know, I think most of the crime wave um, of the past few years has been in the Brooklyn and in the Bronx. And I think that, the, you know, the Manhattan District Attorney doesn't have any authority over there. So I think that those areas will be seeing an improvement. And unfortunately, uh, Manhattan will... We'll have to suffer. Well, you know, we'll have to suffer for a few years, and I, I hope. I just hope that. I hope nothing happens, but. You know, worst comes to worst. They'll wake up and realize that they're living in in La La Land. Right. Well. Well. I I, I hear you, Charles, and you, you you're trying to put, some type of positive spin on the situation, and, to a, to a little degree, I hear you because uh, on this day, uh, in Brooklyn. The district attorney there, Eric Gonzalez, uh, uh, raided three gangs and made a number of arrests. And so that's great. But for the people of Manhattan, for the people of Manhattan, crime was already out of control prior to Mr. Bragg taking office. And he's only been in office for, for uh, what, four days it is very hard to beat a sitting incumbent when it comes time for him to run uh, for re-election. 
it, it's a highly uh, competitive race for Manhattan DA. So the point I'm making is no matter what may happen down the road, down the road in the future, for the next four years, the people of Manhattan are, for lack of a better word, stuck with uh with Mr with Mr uh Mr Bragg. Let's see what uh Drew he uh spoke to Rita a little earlier. Let's see what Drew in White Plains listening on the WABC app what he has to say about this. Good morning, Drew. Good morning. Um you know, Reverend Butt said on Sunday that they were gonna attack Mr. Bragg when he he, he spoke it right into existence. I'm not even gonna go there on why they're attacking him. I say give the man a chance. I've known him for 20 years. All of that, he had a gun in his face. He has. We all have who grew up in certain neighborhoods. Um, as I pointed out earlier to you in an email, I actually went and dealt with a client today, and they said how they were scared to put their store in one of the outer boroughs because of all the looting that was being tolerated and stuff like that. And I completely understand how it could be turned off. And I feel like Mr. Bragg is holding a bag for some far-left socialists. Now, the reason why I'm speaking highly of Mr. Bragg is not because I know him, but because I know he's a part of the community. You know, you have these people like AOC who are carpetbaggers. That's not his story. So for people from the outside looking in, your people who don't even live in our neighborhoods, your people who never come there, this is a man who not only lives in Harlem, raised in Harlem, born and raised in Harlem, is a Sunday school teacher. I I hear you. He's he's an honorable man. I hear you, Drew, but I'm going to be blunt about this. What is the point of having the first black elected official, right, in this case for Manhattan district attorney, and he's going to open the door for criminals? So what's the point? That's the thing, though, Okay, I I just want to answer that because Rita will cut me off to fit her narrative, what she does is she mutes the mic whenever I'm about to make a point. No, but, um, no, but wait, wait, Drew, so, I don't I don't think Rita, she's not the type to mute the mic. You have to understand, Drew, we have about 15 calls all right now, and Rita d- deals with the same situation, and what we're supposed to do is spend 30 seconds per call and move on, and we don't do that. We spend much more time. So at a certain point, our internal clock says, because we have a clock that shows us exactly how long you've been talking per per caller, and at a certain point, we have to move on. So it's not that she's cutting you off. It's just that there are a lot of people trying to get through, and we have to try and reach as many as possible. Go right ahead. Um. What I was going to say is he actually said he was put he was going harder. He was putting in a specialized unit for violent crimes and sex crimes. But the fear monger in New York Post will not say that. As I have said, and as he said on the campaign trail, he has been there day one. Our whole church has with the Central Park Five. When the person who you said was a nice person keeps calling them guilty even after they were proven innocent. I listened to your 2014 interview of Raymond Santana, and you could even agree it was disgusting. Mr. Trump you said she. I don't know who she is. You just no, said she. I said he. Okay, I, I couldn't. Said I couldn't you probably misunderstood Okay, okay, you okay. Said, so, Okay, so he was there from day one. Even when Mr. Trump kept calling them guilty, even after they were proven innocent, when you did that 2014 interview with Raymond Santana, 
when he was so happy De Blasio gave him that money, and Mr. Trump came out and said, oh, it's a disgrace that the city did this. Alvin Bragg was there from day one. He watched things like that happen, so he wants to make sure things like that never happen again. Okay, but now Drew, but Drew, 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 wait, Drew, 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 you, you said he wants, okay, and if, if, let's say you're correct, right? So why not spin it? And release that side first, that you're going after going after violent crime, and then release this part secondary. For him to release this part first sends a clear message of what his tenure is going to be. And what his tenure is going to be is a free run, a free ride for the criminals. As I said earlier, Drew, and I'm going to give you the final word, and then i got to move on to the other callers. As I said earlier, and Drew, you and I both know this, the criminals... They are studying right now for their master's degree and their Ph.D. in in crime to study how they can avoid the law, get over, and make all of our lives a living hell in this city, courtesy of the Manhattan District Attorney who's only been in office for four days. You have the final word on this. The reason why he released it is because he released it because the platform he ran on, he said it. And he wasn't going to backtrack it. And I respect any man that is true to his word. Same way I can respect Giuliani for that, because he never throws rocks at hot hands. Unfortunately, the people who are upset are probably the people who didn't vote for him and the people he don't care about. The people on this radio station wouldn't have voted for him anyway. They endorsed Liz Crowdy. She got 2% of the vote. So my whole point is give the man a chance and see where it goes. Thank you, Don, for taking my call. Blessings to you and your family. Same same, same to you, Drew. Thank you very much. But see, here's the problem. It's the blind leading the blind. I have to be honest. The same people that put him in office are going to be the same people complaining when they are attacked, when a gun is put in their face and the suspect is released from jail. If the suspect is taken to jail at all, and and if you're a police officer, what type of environment is this to work under? Eric Adams was off to such a great start. The officer that was shot in his car the other day, Eric Adams, rushed to the hospital, sending all the right messages. Alvin Bragg has tied Eric Adams' hand in such a way that this is going to be a political nightmare for the new mayor. You have two black elected officials. You have a black police commissioner. Racial politics are going to be on full display. And so you have a law and order mayor, a let them loose, let them out a district attorney, and the two just don't mix, folks. They don't mix. Larry in Brooklyn, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, uh, Donna, just to pick up on what that, first of all, I want to give you a lot of credit for taking the stand you do um, as a black man, okay, first of all. And also, picking up on what an earlier caller said, you know, um, you, you know much more about elections than me. But I'm sure in Manhattan there's more than a, just a few, more than just a handful of white liberals that voted for this guy. And this was after the no-bail law was already in place for a while, for a year. So they know what they were getting into. And now let them huddle in their houses and be afraid. You know, people get what they deserve. And uh, that's, that's about the size of it. I mean, uh, you know, what, what could you say? They, the elections, uh, we don't have anybody... 
uh, district attorneys are not answerable to anybody. That is the problem. Ordinarily, the U.S. attorney should step in, but he'd rather prosecute school board moms and uh, crack down on on them and, and, and go after uh, Texas, go after states for making their own laws than he would um, the, pr- prosecuting uh, uh, unequal justice or, uh, what do you call it, uh, equal protection. He'd rather do that than, than defend the Constitution. Hey, Larry, He'd rather I- usurp. I, you know? I hear you, Larry, I hear you. But but here's the point that, and I think uh, folks will see this in the weeks ahead. Again, this is the first black Manhattan district attorney. He is untouchable politically. No one can, in the political world, including the black mayor, can go after him. Now, eventually down the road, these two, they... They have been set, Eric Adams and uh, Alvin Bragg. They're they're being nice to each other now. They are going to be set on a collision course because Bragg's position is going to force Eric Adams' hand as mayor. Again, Adams uh, is in between a rock and a hard place tonight. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Let's go to uh, Michael. Michael's calling from New Jersey, listening on the radio. Good morning, Michael. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, first of all, this is a simple solution to the problem, okay? When you do not defend yourself, you attack the other person. If I was the mayor, the first thing I do is I go into Harlem, I would go into Brownsville, Bed-Stuy, East New York, and I'd say, look here, this idiot, this moron is worried about the people you committing the crime. That. See, I'm my, worried Michael, about Michael, the dead Michael, black children Michael, and the dead Michael, black Michael, babies. Michael, you're not this- hearing me. You're not hearing me. Because of racial politics with two strong African-American men. He can't do that. Eric Adams cannot do that. He's going to have to fall back whether he wants to or not. That's why he made the statement that, that him and uh, Alvin Bragg are going to you know, get along and see eye to eye. But please continue before I move on. Okay. Yeah, like I said, when I got done with him, the black community would hate him more than the leader of the Ku Klux Klan. Because I'd say Ku Klux Klan aren't killing black people anymore. But, but this idiot, this district attorney is. But and Michael, the way he's doing it is by Michael, a, a, doing away with the laws. But, Michael, I, uh, any but, but, but this is what I mean about the blind leading the blind. See, what what you're saying makes perfect sense. But sometimes in certain communities, what's good is bad. What's bad is good. What, what's up is down. What's down is up. And so in communities of color, Mr. Bragg is going to be seen as a hero until all hell starts breaking loose, which is coming. It's coming. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. So last night, folks, on this program, we talked about the Albany District Attorney David Soares declining to prosecute former Governor uh, Andrew Cuomo on forcible touching uh, charges. And I made the prediction that Cuomo, here's how I think this is going to work. Any day now, it may take a week, it may take a couple of weeks, you're going to see a story floated 
about Cuomo returning. I am telling you folks, now I don't know which state office he's going to run for. Andrew Cuomo, in his mind, is seeking redemption. I don't mean that in an offensive way to folks that may have had loved ones uh, as it relates to the nursing home uh, scandal situation and the undercounting. But with none of the charges thus far from the women sticking to him, Andrew Cuomo is about to resurface. Remember I said it, we're also going to take your telephone calls until the top of the hour on that topic, the Cuomo factor. And it's 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 interesting because I find his brother, Chris Cuomo, and much more of a pickle than I do Andrew Cuomo right now. Andrew Cuomo is going to come forward. He's going to say, see, I told you that her report was political. I told you that it was he said, she said. Now I have district attorneys backing up my version of what I said, and he's got the money to run for office again. At this point, look at it from from his point of view. What does he have to lose? What does he have to lose, folks? The best way to stick it to Kathy Hochul would be to challenge her in a Democratic primary for governor, which is only a couple of months away. Uh, uh, it's coming up, I think, in June. The best way to make Letitia James' life a living nightmare would be to primary her. So it's going to get very interesting. We're also going to take your calls this morning on the Cuomo situation, 1-800-848-WABC. Dominic Carter here with you until the top of the hour. Coming up at 1 a.m., Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. Let's go uh, right back to the uh, telephone calls. We're talking about the new Manhattan district attorney, day four. Day four. And he released, this is all wrong. This is all wrong. Crime is already a major problem in New York City. And here's why I say it's all wrong, folks. So tonight before coming in, I'm watching something on Netflix about um, drugs in uh, in Chicago and the Memorial Day weekend uh, was coming up and the amount of people that were killed in Chicago, the Memorial Day weekend. And I was just thoroughly disgusted watching this. You had police officers in this Netflix show that in terms of putting a dent in the in the problem of black-on-black crime, to be frank with you, it was almost like they were putting their finger into a hole in the ship, but there were a thousand holes in, in, in the ship. And that's what it's like for the police in Chicago dealing with black-on-black crime. And so I understand why communities of color would say, bravo, Alvin Bragg, yes. Finally, the, the way the community sees it is, finally we're going to be treated fairly and equally. And that all sounds good until these thugs in your community are, are shooting out the wild, wild west. Look, look at that young lady in Brooklyn the other day. And I, I plan on focusing her, focusing on her. She's in the store with her pit bull. She's not bothering anyone. She's not bothering anyone. 
And the guy casually parks his car, walks across the street, comes into the bodega, and opens up fire. And you literally see on the video, the young lady is ducking, the dog is trying to protect uh, his or her owner, the, the woman. And the woman walks out the store, and you literally see her stumble to the ground and die right there on the street in Brooklyn. That's what Mr. Bragg is opening the door up to. That's 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 what's happening here. He did what he had to do to emerge from a crowded primary to win. But, you know, at some point you have to say that law and order, I mean, you're the district attorney, the district attorney, and you're telling us one of the first things you do, you're telling us what you're not going to prosecute. If that doesn't send a bad message, I don't know what does. Jennifer in Boston, good morning. How do you see this situation? Hi, Dominic. Thank you, as always. And it's always a pleasure to hear your passion and your strength. Um, I just, Drew confuses me. He seems like such an intelligent man, but he seems to want what's not best for, he likes to use the word his community, your community, when he speaks to you, our community. So why would he want there to be less culpability for criminals in the black community? Does he think that that will better the quality of life for he and his family? Or yeah, he wished you, yeah, he yeah. wished you and your family blessings, which was very kind. Does he not care that you and your family, or does he care only if you're going to be hurt, God forbid, by someone who's white or non-black? It right. makes no sense to me, Dominic. Yeah, and yeah. I don't want black people or, you know, Hispanic people or pink people with purple polka dots to be treated differently than white people. But I want criminals, to, especially violent criminals, um, people that use guns and crimes, to be treated very harshly. And I don't, I am so sick of this whole soft bigotry of low expectations, making coddling a criminal and leaving the victim to just, I mean, these, this is what Rachel Rollins did up here. She acted as a public defender, not a district attorney. And um, there were so many heartbreaking cases here, up here, and one of them in particular, I can remember her saying after this woman was savagely beaten, suffered a traumatic brain injury, lost hearing, this and that, hadn't been able to work his two years. The woman was an attorney out taking her dog for a walk. And uh, she was set upon, this guy served no jail time. And she said, oh, I can imagine how she must feel that she didn't, you know, I feel for her. Oh, do you really? Do you really? And and just the other day, yesterday, we had a 16-year-old girl killed up here in Dorchester. Uh, it just goes on all the time. Uh, this past summer, we had a, a, an African-American woman sitting on her back porch uh, in her 70s, shot and killed. And you know what? No one in the media wanted to talk about it. There was one pastor up here that would talk about it, is that it is believed Surely that the reason there was a gunshot so close to her is that the younger people living in her house, grandchildren, were involved, you know, with crime, mm-hmm. uh, gangs particularly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just an accidental shooting. And the pastor was outraged. He's a longtime pastor up here, a great man. And he said, why can't we say the truth? He talks like you do, you know? Because, um, the, truth, because the truth is not cool. And the tr- you mentioned lower expectations and so on. That that's what's going on, and so you have 
I, I, I don't know, Jennifer. You, you, you have um, all across the country. You have communities that that are saying that are saying we have been mistreated, and finally we're going to be treated fairly. But, and I, I get it about respect the will of the voter. But I see most of these progressive uh, politicians as wicked. Because they know what they're doing. They're taking, taking advantage of people that don't know any better. That's what they're doing. And because the numbers are on their side, they, they're going with it. So mm-hmm. it, it, with Mr. Bragg, you know, he was a uh, state prosecutor uh, prior to becoming a district attorney. And in fairness to him, at least he did, at least he did, say Jennifer exactly what he was going to do during the campaign. So he, this is not new. I was just hoping, and I thank you for the call, Jennifer. I was just hoping, I really was hoping that he had won. He's had some time to reflect. He knows that he can't really do all of that nonsense. He was saying during the campaign that as district attorney, he's the one official that has to be strong law and order, I was hoping that he was going to say, well, you know, now that I'm elected, you know, I've, I've got to focus on the people's business, meaning strong law and order. So what's going to happen when, when grandma's walking up the street um, and she's robbed or, or, or shot and killed? What, what, what's, what's going to happen? Oh, I mean, I could go on and on and on. I'm going to take one more call, and then Frank Morano is going to uh, join me. Let's go to my, to my friend uh, Stan in Forest Hills. Let's see. Let's see how Stan sees this as a uh, as a Democrat. Good morning, Stan. How are you? How are you? I'm, uh, here's I'm how well. I see it. There okay. are five DAs. First of all, in the city, right? Melinda Katz in Queens is one of the toughest Democrats. She's been doing cases against drug addict situation. She's had a lot of arrests. And there's the same thing in, in the Bronx as well. So there are strong DAs who are Democrat. Now, as far as this gentleman is concerned, I think, I think in his mind, it's the get-even principle, which is it's our time. We're not going to let all black people serve for everything. We're, lowering, we're going to lower expectations on sh- murders, on robberies, and so forth. And uh, that's what I think. So, the so Stan, progress- so Stan I, I appreciate you trying to explain this. I really do. But I, I want, do you realize what you just said, that it's it's our time, meaning black people time, and we're not we're not going to hold you responsible Absolutely. for committing crime? I think the black community, wow. not all, wow. are saying, hey, you know, many of us now will get treated fairly. What do they define as fairly? If they let a guy go who's person of color, who sticks up a bank and gives him low, lower uh, situation, in a way it's like saying, hey, you know, uh, you know, our time has come to some extent. We're going to lower expectations. That is the wrong thinking, obviously. And there are good black African-American lawyers and district attorneys who we've had in this city in the past. <laughs> but here's the main point, that you said that there is nothing the mayor can do. That's true. But the U.S. district attorney, you said, did not, but there are the governor can intercede if necessary, and the attorney general, who's in deep trouble now already. Okay, okay, but, but, but Stan, Stan, and then I've got to bring in Frank okay. Morano, but Stan, 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 for a second here. 
You think the the acting governor, Kathy Hochul, that needs a tremendous black turnout in New York City, you think she's going to stand up to the first black Manhattan district attorney? He does. If the case is obvious, let's say he, somebody murders a cop, and he, she, he reduces the situation, or even the turn, it looks what it looks like. It will be horrible for this guy. I mean, it's just a, and as, as, as the real fact is, the African American leadership, the mayor, the attorney general, the, the chief of police are under the microscope now. There's no way around it. Right. So I think if this guy does that, that they will act or do something or intercede. But we'll wait and see. We don't know yet. Well, Stan, uh, we thank you for the call. I want to bring in my colleague and have a great morning, Stan. I want to bring in my colleague, Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. I don't know why Stan never calls me. He calls all the other shows. (laughs) Uh, I guess uh, I'm not his equal when it comes to debating. So, you know, you know, Frank, a lot of our listeners, I I don't think they understand the racial politics Mm that are at play, you know, second black mayor, mm-hmm. right? First black district attorney, black police commissioner. And a black the, attorney general. And a black attorney general. Right, right, right. So a, a state attorney general. That's right. I forgot all about mm-hmm. that. And so how do you see this situation? Well, I, I echo your sentiments completely, right? I mean, if you're a, a DA, I don't think you can just choose, you pick and choose which criminal statutes you want to enforce and not enforce. Now, uh, putting aside the wisdom of choosing not to enforce fair evasion, for instance, which I think is is a terrible idea. Every Big law mistake. enforcement professional, Bill Bratton, uh, on Ray Kelly on down, they've all talked about what that does in terms of leading to greater crime Broken on the windows. subways. Broken and, windows. Uh, uh, but if that's what you want to do, then run for the state legislature, as you said, and change the law. We've seen with bail reform that the state legislature has no problem liberalizing certain aspects of the criminal code. So that's what you should do. I don't think you can take uh, an oath to uphold the state constitution and the state law. And then the first thing you do, basically, is to just ignore the very laws that you've sworn to uphold. To me, I echo your sentiments uh, completely. The, the only the only saving grace for this for me is I feel like maybe if I commit a crime in the heat of passion, maybe it'll be less likely that I'm prosecuted in Manhattan. Wow. So what do you have coming up this week? Got a great show. Uh, speaking of the law enforcement issue, we're going to talk with Bernie Carrick. Bernie Carrick, I'll ask him about this stuff, uh, but I'm also going to talk with him about the uh, January 6th commission. Uh, the He's been subpoenaed. He was briefly on the Cats at Night show last night, and I want to follow up on that conversation about why he's doing certain things, why he's complying with certain aspects of the subpoena and not uh, complying with other aspects of the subpoena. And then one of my favorite taxi drivers slash comedians, John McC- McDonough is going to be here in the 4 o'clock hour. And uh, a fan favorite for our audience, we're going to talk space with Steve Cates, a.k.a. Dr. Sky. There's a lot of interesting things happening with respect to the stars. We're going to cover it all. And I will be listening. Let's try and squeeze in as many calls as we can before the top of the hour. Karen, our friend Karen in Rockland County. Good morning, Karen. How do you see the situation? I'm well. You're with Dominic and uh, Frank Morano. Was uh, I'm wondering if it was was um, this Alan Britt, was he uh, elected by that rank and file voting? No, rank choice voting. No, they don't, that's only for municipal offices. This is a state office. Oh, uh, I mean, because I feel so sad that I mean, I have not come to New York for 
about a year and a half now because I don't like what's going on there, and it looks like it's going to be another four years before I can go back into the city that I love. Well, if we do away with ranked choice voting, Karen, will you come back? Karen? I didn't hear <laughs> No, never mind, never mind. I'm being facetious. Oh, will I ever come back? <laughs> I just don't, you know, I mean, I mean, the only saving grace I have is that if I get murdered, that culprit will wind up in jail. But I won't be around to see it. Yeah, I, I I don't even like to joke like that, but but Karen, you're, I don't you're, either. You're, you're a wonderful person, and we thank you for the call. Let's go to Maria, listening on the radio in Brooklyn. Good morning, Maria. You're talking to Frank Morano and Dominic Carter. Hey, Dominic and Frank. Hello. Listen, guys, calm down, calm down. You know the Democratic Party is so anti-gun. Well, with this coconut, because he's this is a crazy craziness. This coconut making this so-called. Uh, um, new law, that's just going to give all of us power to go and carry weapons. Isn't that great, guys? Well, that, that's not, that's not, that, but that's not going to happen because the laws are so tight against carrying guns in New York City. And I, I don't see, Maria, but I thank you for the call. I don't, I'm just moving as fast as I can. I don't see how that would really uh, solve the problem anyway. Let's go to... Um, Let's go to Mark in Long Island, listening on the radio. Good morning, Mark. You're talking to Frank Morano and Dominic Carter. Yeah, how are you fellas doing? Listen, I just got one thing to say. When they legalized marijuana in New York, that was like the nail in the coffin. I mean, it, it adds like, it, it's just wrong. You know, well, totally you, wrong. You know, you know, you, you know, Frank, there are some that say it was a slippery slope and it started. I've never bought that slippery slope okay. argument. Okay. And I think, look, I'm an initiative and referendum guy. I would have preferred that be on the ballot. The bottom line, I, I think the consensus, even among conservatives, was most people were done uh, putting people in jail for, for recreational use of marijuana. I wouldn't have gone as far as we did, but I, I don't think anybody wanted to see the kind of penalties we've seen for marijuana use. At least, at least not the consensus, and even in the law enforcement community. Well, Frank, I am passing the torch to you. It's now in your hands. I will readily <laughs> accept that responsibility. <laughs> and, folks, I will see you tomorrow, same time, same station. Coming up right now, the other side of midnight, you want to stay right there with Frank Morano on Talk Radio 77 WABC. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.